This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Inhumane Podcast, a Hot Pie Media Original. And we are at part two um, with Mary Shretka. She is a forensic uh, nurse interviewer out of the state of Hawaii, Ohio. She works with human trafficking victims and law enforcement um, and the state agencies as well. She is just an amazing firecracker. I love talking to her um, and collaborating with her because she is in the trenches. Um, and if you have not listened to the first part, please go back and watch or listen to episode 11. She gives you some great insight of how important a forensic nurse is needed in this field. And for those of you listeners who are nurses, this is great for you, um, as well as if you work in the medical field in any space. This is important if you have family members or not, as well as this is really applicable to anyone in the community um, because we deal with human trafficking victims all over the place. We just don't realize it. And so we kind of need to know what to look for. Uh, but listen in. She's bold. She doesn't have any apologies about it because she's telling those traffickers we're coming for you. And she's telling the victims we're coming for you to help. So um, listen in and we'll get started with episode 12. The other thing I wanted to say quickly is, you know, if you're in a furniture store mm -hmm. and you see somebody walking around the store or you're at the mall and you see maybe an older female or a male and you see them walking around and just like they keep circling the child. Mm. That's a real red flag. Right. You know, and it's like, where's the mother? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they will do that. And especially at the malls, they're at, especially in the summertime now, mm -hmm. you're going to have 12, 13, 14 year olds, 15 year olds going to malls. And I will tell you, the bottoms are very, very good at getting these girls to the pimp. Yeah. I just yeah. had to say that. Yeah. No, no, no. I appreciate that because I mean, and, it, and it's true and they're recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's the thing is we think, oh, they're just now, now I know I'm it. I've checked it. They are hanging out with someone that that's their age. I'm like, yeah, but that mm -hmm. person that age has been trained as well as there's fear put inside of them that they have to recruit. And so they're that's recruiting right. your kid. It's peer on peer recruiting. So mm -hmm. we can't tell you enough that your parental guidance has to be stronger than what it ever was before. Um, oh my right. Yeah. And we all know, like mm -hmm. when you talk to different generations, right? Like my dad, pff, he could, I mean, he, it could be way dark outside. He wasn't expected to come home like at all until uh, dinner time. Then he'd come home and he's fine because it was just a different era there. Oh, um, yes. Right. My dad's playing around with friends. They all walk mm -hmm. home together. Totally different. Um, opposed to me and my brother, that man had us on lockdown. Like I'm talking <laughs> when, you know, in the early 80s, it was all about like you heard more about child molestation, like it was coming out and the statistics, how it was probably somebody you knew. My brother and I were not allowed to stay at anyone's homes. Like we did not. I don't know what a slumber party is like. Um, he didn't even like we couldn't even go with our own grandparents or his siblings or my mom's siblings. Um, he had us on lockdown like that. He was sure like, uh -uh, not happening. And so now, you know, same thing, right? When you raise your kids now, you're like, okay, social media is 
everything's a double-edged sword, but social yeah. media is totally luring, you know, your kids and we don't even realize it. We think that it's so safe. And that's kind of what, you know, I really want to talk to you about, um, you know, you're a forensic nurse and you, uh, went into, I guess, talking, or maybe you can explain how you've, you've kind of connected with law enforcement and your human tra anti-human trafficking task force and said, Hey, we need a forensic nurse here. And so I'm going to go on these operations with you. Um, and tell us like, I guess the, the one that you and I talked about was the infamous one that's was recent was, uh, operation autumn hope. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for those of you who aren't aware, I think we've, that y'all found like 44, Right. Mm -hmm. It was 44 uh, children that were missing into mm -hmm. in this yeah. trafficking uh, ring and this operation. So talk to us a little bit, a, a little bit about that. Well, it, it all started. And thank you for asking about that, um, because it was an idea that I had in my head for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I did. I did that. And I knew these detectives very, very well, because when I was over at the hospital, and when you work nights, every nurse knows when you work nights, anything can walk through that door. And it usually does, you know. Usually on nights, it's like a horror story, you know. So you get everything and anything. And um, so a lot of times I'd be calling the detectives and say, hey, you might want to come down here. Here's what's going on. So I got I got to know them all very, very well. Okay. And um, I had talked to one of the detectives. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this idea? And he goes, that's a great idea. He said, but it might be a hard sell. So... Um, I actually got an appointment with the attorney general's office here in Ohio. Um, the attorney general obviously was not available, but I did talk to his second in command mm -hmm. and I went in, I told him my proposal, you know, I think this will, I think this is going to work. We, you know, we can get the guys, we can get the girls. And I think this is really going to work. And he sat there for a couple of minutes and then he, you know, he looked at me and he's like, okay, and I was like, what? <laughs> and so and so your proposal, to be clear, your proposal was saying, hey, you have these uh, you have these human trafficking operations going on. I need to be there. A forensic nurse needs to be within this operation, because as mm -hmm. soon as they go in, they clear it, they clear the room, everything's safe. Then you go in and uh, speak with the with the victims. Yes. Correct? That's um, the proposal. Yeah. 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 OK. So, you know. A lot of times, you know, what will happen is, you know, the, the detective sets up a date, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the victim comes in and, you know, as soon as there's exchange of money or, or verbiage, yeah. they are taken down. And then I, you're right. I'm in a safe part. Right. You know, and then they bring the victim up to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the victim comes, I stand up, I introduce myself and they go, hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and what can I do for you? And, you know, and then we're sitting down and we're just we're just talking about mm -hmm. whatever. And it, and you get some information out of them. Yes, we did have one in, in January mm -hmm. um, and we had one um, just um, on my birthday, actually, October 21st. Yeah, yeah. It was going on. Um, and I think the one in January, we had nine girls mm -hmm. and actually um, they brought me a pimp because they thought the, the pimp may have been injured. Um, but you know what? You're a nurse. You do what you got to do. Sure, sure. You know, mm -hmm. um, you took an oath. So, you know, and then an Operation Autumn Hope, this was huge. This was, you know, this was all over Ohio. Yeah. You know, finding these kids, these little guys, finding these kids. I think I had, I think I had like 13 or 14 girls mm -hmm. during, I think like, yeah, three day, I think it was a three day sting. Um, because by the third day we're all fried. But, right, I bet. You know, 
you know, and they bring them up and it's, it's victim after victim after victim, story after story. And, you know, you're, you know, you're listening to this. Um, but the whole thing is with that Operation Autumn Hope, we did rescue a lot of kids and we rescued a lot of girls. And, you know, and at this particular sting, I want to mention this because I think it's duly noted. At the last sting, we had a social worker from the Rape Crisis Center. We had a prosecutor, um, you know, myself. Um, I had someone there to, to do an HIV rapid on um, mm-hmm. girls. Um, you know, and so we had all these resources for them. Amazing. But do you know the biggest thing the girls wanted was to have their records expunged? They didn't care about, they didn't care about, you know, what's going on. I mean, yeah, they might take some counseling or a crisis center and yeah, they'll talk to me for a couple minutes, but their biggest thing was, cause I would say, Hey, we have an attorney here, a prosecuting attorney. Would you like to talk to her? And they're like, yeah, that's the biggest thing they wanted. They wanted those Why do you records. Think that expunged. Is? Because if their records aren't expunged, they can't have a real life. Oh yeah. 100%. But what do you, why do you think they one of that. So for, for example, right, we know we, we encounter victims that they're in a state like going to work is you're talking probably two, three years down the road, right? Because they're just, they got a lot of stuff going on and they need, they need the public, they need the community to take care of them, right? They need that residential treatment. They need all that Trump. So work is way down the road. Mm-hmm. So I find it absolutely. I mean enlightening and amazing that these individuals are like expunge my records. Like they're, in other words, I think that tells me they're like seeing forward. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to move forward. I'm here. Oh, You've absolutely. helped me. I'm moving forward, which normally we know a lot of them stay over here for a while. Right. That's just, that's their journey. That's not one is better than the other, but that mm-hmm. tells me that's a forward thinking mindset with it all their is. trauma. And the other thing is, is that you made a really great point. And just to add to that is it's a source of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them. You know, you take away my record and all the things that you said I did. Right. You know, you take away that record. You know, that gives me some empowerment. That's going to boost my esteem. It's going to, you know, boost yeah. my morale. It's going to want to make me go get that GED. Right. It's going to want me to go to college, mm-hmm. you know. So I can start my life if you just take this away from me and it gives them that courage that they need to move forward and, <sighs> and it gives them that empowerment. And that's what it, that's, that's why that is so important. Man, I can't tell you, cause I, I don't think you and I've talked about that part, that that was the main thing that most of them wanted uh, because you do, you see different victims that's in their foresight, like totally at different times. Cause that's one of the things I think, you know, to the public, we, we constantly think that, Oh, all human trafficking victims are the same and they're absolutely not um, completely different. And so that expungement request, or they don't even have knowledge of it until someone right brings it to their attention. But Mm -hmm. to me with all of the victims and survivors that I've encountered when they're literally ready and asking for that piece they're in that part of the journey where they are ready to move forward. And that really, that you've experienced that with this group when they just, they literally just got right rescued in a sense that Mm -hmm. that is in their forefront of their frontal lobe, if you will. That just like warms my heart in the sense of like, no one's going to take me down again. My power, I'm getting my power back and I'm moving forward. And that and just, oh, wow, that gives me goosebumps. I know, give, you know, and, and it gives them power and that's what yeah. they need. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, 
there's girls who are not ready to get out right. of the life. And yeah. there's several reasons for that. But, you know, they're not ready to get out yet. Uh-huh. And, you know, so they're they're still, you know, chained to that pimp or chained to that bottom. Mm-hmm. And so they stay. They they have to want to leave. Yeah. You know, they can say, oh, I, you know, Antoinette, I want this. I want that. It's, OK, great. But you have to be ready to leave. Yeah. You have to be ready to say to Antoinette, I am ready to go. I want to get out of this life. I can't take it anymore. What can you do for me? Yeah. And that's where we all come in. Not, not, not just a nurse, you know, not just social workers, not just teachers. It's a community thing. Right. It's community coming together. Everyone in that community, I don't care where you live. And I know I, we said this before, but you have an ethical duty mm. to keep your eyes open, your yeah. ears open. If you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you're wrong, I don't care. Right. You know, cops aren't going to care because you know what? At least you're thinking about it. Yeah. You know, and especially around the holidays, mm. you know, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, real big, um, uh, you know, the football, the big football game, the big basketball game. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of girls at those things. That's right. They are a lot of mm-hmm. young girls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just it's just keeping your eyes and your ears open and um, you know, and making that phone call, you know, because you never know one of you guys in the community might just save a life that night. Right. And think about that. If that girl does not make enough money, mm-hmm. she has to go back out until she does. That's right. But first the pimp will beat her up. Mm-hmm. So she'll be walking the track or walking the glade with a black guy and a bloody nose. Yeah. Guns don't care. Tricks don't care. That's not what they care about, you right. know? So, um, you know, I just think it's, I just think everybody can have a part in this. And, and, you know, when you said it before, you know, just because you're not a forensic nurse or just, you know, you're not someone like a big justice advocate like you and, and everything, you don't have to be. Right. You're just a human being. Yeah. And you care about what's going on. So everyone in the community can actually be a hero and mm-hmm. you might just save a life that night. Think about that. Yeah. That's huge. Well, and I, I just, love, yeah, right. Well, and I love the, you know, the part where I, I think I think as a community, we depend too much like, oh, well, a first responder is only EMS. It's only firefighting. It's only police officers. Right. Um, I think we and then obviously now with with covid um, nurses are in that right f- space as well as like a first responder. And the thing is, is. They are a first responder when someone calls them. Right. Or someone goes into the facility of like a hospital or what have you. And technically, I think what we are trying to tell the public is you are a first responder. You can be a first responder because it's happening in our community. Like you mentioned, you know, the the last episode or this episode is you see someone at Walmart, you see someone at Target, you see someone, you see something that's a little off. If you see something, you say something, and that is actually you being a first responder and possibly saving a life. That is if, you know, you are a in waste management. I I talk about this um, uh, before, you know, there are people who are driving the, the, the dump trucks and they're going through neighborhoods and they see something that's different and they call like they're in the community. You are a first responder. You're not just in waste management. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're everything. The 80 year old grandmother who is constantly staring out the window. <laughs> she sees everything. Right. That's why I'm telling right. people I'm like, yo, right. I'm trying to recruit you. If you are a teenager all the right. way up to you are, you know, 90 years old, because if you can still see <laughs> you have the the power to literally save someone's life. And tell me on uh, Operation Autumn Hope. When you when you're going through all these kids, like you said, one victim after another and after another, um, were you seeing a pattern with with the children that were there? Like, in other words, were a majority of them foster, were a majority of them runaways, were um, majority of them had problems with their parents or single parent? Like what? Any patterns? You know what? Um, I will I will be honest with you. Most of the people I saw were like. 14, 15, 16. Okay. So I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the little ones. Sure. And I wish I had. So I apologize for that. No, no, but yeah. no, but, you know, several of them um, in foster care, okay. you know, and things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, daddy or mommy pimped them out when they were four years of age. And then now, now, now you're 15 and mommy gets you in the life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mommy's still in the life. Right. And, but you see, you know, you do see a lot of that violence and you, um, you know, because, you know, they're, they're going to threaten the victim, first of all, you yeah. know, and just like, just like a female, they will threaten them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say anything, you know what, they're going to put you in jail, telling a six-year-old, right. they're going to put you in jail and, you know, you'll never see me again. And, or the cop is going to shoot you. I mean, the things that some of these people threaten these kids with right. blows my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's, and there's threats done to the girls as well, you right. know, mm-hmm. and, you know, no one's going to believe you because you're a slut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one's because you're a liar. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows you're a liar. Your mother thinks you're a slut. Didn't you know that? I mean, your mom doesn't even love you. Mm-hmm. So you say that to somebody that's 14, 15 years of age, Absolutely. you know, who's been messed up since they were four. Mm-hmm. they're going to believe you because they, they, they feel like they are worth absolutely nothing. Right. So, you know, I wanted to add that. And one other thing I want to add real quick. So if you guys are at a furniture store, okay. Like, you know, I don't know what you guys have down there, but you're at a furniture store and you see a couple guys walking around the furniture store. One's going one way, one's going the other way. And there just happens to be a cute little four-year-old girl with blonde hair, blue eyes. And mommy steps away for a minute. Mm-hmm. You better keep your eyes peeled because they will do that. Right. Those, those like sharks, you know what I mean? They'll mm-hmm. circle it and then they will go and they'll just, you know, they'll grab the child. Who's better than a two or four year old little girl, blonde hair and blue eyes? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, and you know, you can't make this stuff up. We talked about that. Right. Before. Yeah. You cannot make this crap up. And I go and I, you know, I was teaching all over and I will tell you every time I taught about sex trafficking, there were two or three girls that would come up to me afterwards and say, can I talk to you? Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, that, so they were in a foster care and, you know, the guy who was supposed to care for them is now coming into their bedroom every single night. Right. Um, you know, and so these stories are just, you know, they're explosive. Yeah. But the community, you know, really, I can't stress this enough, you know, and you made such a great point. You don't have to be this, you don't have to be that. You're just be a human being. Mm-hmm. That, guess what? That could be your child. Yeah. That could be, you know, wouldn't you want somebody to say, on your child, hey, there's a 13 year old here up at the mall, and this lady keeps bothering her, and she doesn't know her. Right. Or this guy keeps following her. Mm-hmm. Did you want that for someone to step in and say, "Hey, get away from that kid"? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I love, I love that part, and I, when, when we say, "Hey, you know, this could happen to your kid," right? I think 
I think the community still has a hard time, right? Putting themselves in those shoes. Mm -hmm. However, I think they can put themselves in the shoes of every time you've done a training or a talk, which is exactly the same as me and everybody else in this space. Whenever we do a training, a presentation, uh, some little, uh, you know, talk in front of the community, it never fails. There is always a handful of people that come up and say, hey, you know, this, that they're describing an -hmm. incident that looks exactly like human trafficking. And they just didn't know how to articulate it or they didn't know it had a name, right? Like that's it. But once they sat down and heard what human trafficking is or whatever the, the conversation is, but about human trafficking, they all of a sudden are like, they can identify with that. And then they come to you and say, hey, this is happening. So uh, just the, you know, one of the talks I did the other day, same thing. Handful of people came up. I explained, this is what I think you should do. This is tell me if if you're not getting through, then I can call some of my contacts. This like you're talking one after another. So I say all that because that's your community. So maybe you can't put yourself and in the, you know, have the perspective of that happening to your kid. But that just happened to someone in your community. The same place that you were sitting in and listening to that presentation um, and it's happened. So you can't tell me that it's not happening, right? Like, there you go. That That is pure, straight evidence that it's happening right then and there. So it again, is, what are we doing about it? Oh, it's, lit, it's literally in your, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, you know, but it's literally in your own backyard. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. you want it out of your backyard? Right. So, you know, so, you know, so say, you know, it's the summertime and your friend Susie, no, all right, no, let's go back. Say it's school time and your friend Susie, um, all of a sudden she's coming home with a new cell phone, mm. new clothes. Yeah. And nobody's, nobody's questioning it. Uh-huh. Here's Susie who would much rather wear jeans and a sweatshirt and her tennis is now coming to school made with a nice coat and earrings and makeup. You know what? And she's never home on the weekend. Yeah. I see her all week during school, but I don't see her on the weekend. You know what's happening? She's walking out of her house. She's walking down the street to the stop sign and guess who's waiting for her. Right. She now gets pimped out all weekend. Mm-hmm. They bring her back on a Sunday night and then she goes to school during the week. Yeah. And, you know, and, and these are real stories. Yeah. yeah it's like with yell, you know, these are real stories. You can't, you can't make this up. And, and there are people who know people who know people like, you know what, maybe I need to talk to Antoinette because this doesn't sound right to me. Right. You know, or maybe I should ask Mary this question because it's, it's growing. Yeah. And I was watching a, a documentary on Thailand. Mm-hmm. I think I, I know I said this to you a few times, but because it just upset me, but I, at the very end of the, uh, of the documentary, they, they started talking about two-year-old little boys. Mm-hmm. And Antoinette, that's what drove me. I mean, that's what drove me. So when you and I connected, that's what drove me to be like, you know what? There's some of actually things like I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Like, this is wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Are we going to totally eradicate it? Of course not. But can you put a dent in your community? Sure yeah. you can. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you live on Quentin Road and all of a sudden, you know, your friend lives on Quentin Road and something's not up, that is someone on your own street, right. you know? And you make such a great point about the community. And I think with everything going on, you know, all the tensions and everything and the COVID, we're kind of drifting apart. No, this is when we need to come together. Mm -hmm. Because that could be 
your nephew, your, your grandma. And, you know, and they used to say the age of um, entry was 12 to 14. That's not true. That's right. It can be from zero to 70. Mm-hmm. And that that was like, oh, my gosh, I I can't, you know, put the black market probably with the babies. But right. I was like, wait, how old? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so when you hear people say age of entry, no, it's not true. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, and as long as they can see and they can talk, guess what? Fair game. They're fair game. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right. They are fair game because that's what it is, right? When it comes to a business and you look at commodities and if you talk to anybody in the commodity business, right? And they trade. And I think during the pandemic, you see so many people like, oh, let me look at stocks and, you know, things like that. Like those are commodities. So if you look at commodities, people are constantly looking at what is their ROI. They dump Mm -hmm. it when it's no longer going to be an investment, right? And they're not going to make money off of it. Well, off Mm -hmm. of a human being, And because we are in this sex crazed world, that is something that isn't going to go away unless we stop it. And I almost think of like when you said like, hey, if it's happening in your backyard, right? And if it's happening down your street, wouldn't you want to do something? And so I think of like, let's say you had an infestation of like roaches. What are you going to do? You're going to get that exterminator and you're going to spray it. Um, So for actually, let me. Let me give you a better example. So, so I live, I, I live here in South Austin and, um, all of my neighbors, there's maybe like, uh, 50 homes only, and we all live on an acre. Okay. So when one neighbor sprays for ants, cause we have like a green belt in a Creek. So we got a lot of wildlife and a lot of insects. Oh, yeah. So when one neighbor sprays for like fire ants, guess where the fire ants go? They go to the neighbor, right? So we all kind of let each other know. Hey, we're all going to, so we all spray kind of at the same time or do whatever Mm -hmm. it is that we need to do to get rid of the fire ants. Um, And so where are they going to go? They're going to go somewhere else. So, Mm -hmm. so I look at it like that. Like if you can put it in that simple, those simple terms is if we want to stop human trafficking, we do that as a community. So then those pimps and those traffickers then know "Mm, we can't set up shop over here because those people are gangster. And they're not going to let us touch their kids. So Mm -hmm. we need to go somewhere else. And so to me, why wouldn't we want to do that? Because Mm -hmm. we think that we're safe. And I don't care what your zip code is, as we know. Because they're not in the slum kind of area only. They go to wealthy neighborhoods because they think no one's going to pay attention. And they know that there's also money there and people are going to drive by and they can come in in a nice, right? It's it's all about you get people who are going to pay for a dirty motel and do it there. And then there are others who are going to pay for a more luxury kind of place. And Mm -hmm. hotels aren't always safe now because they're doing more training um, and there are more cameras. So nobody wants to be on camera. Right. So Mm -hmm. I just look at it like that. It's like, why aren't we all spraying for ants at the same time? Because it is a pandemic and it is spreading. But if we're all shooting and aiming for the same thing, they're not going to want to be in your community. And to me, it's like that simple. And, you know, and, and people, you know, take the time to go to, um, to a training, Yeah, you know, it's six o'clock at night. I know you worked all day, but, you know, take your time to go to a training, mm-hmm. you know, turn on the TV, you know, don't turn on S for you and take in, <laughs> you know, I love, I love, don't get me wrong. I love it. You know, um, but, you know, go to a training and listen to someone like you or, or, you know, someone like me and ask your questions Yeah, because, 
this is the this is the truth, you guys, and it's 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 not going anywhere anytime soon. So picture yourself as a mom. Yeah, your kid's not coming home that night, right? Ugh. Your kid's never coming home. See, and that's so cold, right? Like that's that should send chills up and down your spine, where you're like, okay, there's actual resources and tools. Let me obtain them. So I can be one of those fighters, if if not for your community, at least for your kids, because Absolutely. that's who they're coming after, at least for your nieces and nephews, at least for your cousin or who, whoever is your loved one, at mm-hmm. least for someone. Right. Even if it's your own. I don't I don't mind that either. Right. Because you're not going to. I don't know. You just can't help it. You'll see other, you you know, once you see it, that's it. It's like, where's Waldo? Uh, no, if anybody yeah. remembers, where's yeah. Waldo? I mean, it's just I like that. <laughs> um, I'll go to the mall with my daughter and she's 25. Yeah. You know, and I'll go to the mall with her and she, she's not allowed out of my sight. I'm mm. really sorry. But, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be watching these people going around these little kids. And, mm. and then there's always people who are sitting there watching these little girls walk by. Yeah. You know, especially in the summertime, mm. watch these little kids walk by and you just want to go up and, and what are you looking at? Dude? Right. You know, yeah. what, do you, what do you think you're looking at? And there has to be people like that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not saying go up and punch them, but you know, watch what they're doing. Right. You know? It's like and they're licking their chops, right? It's like they're licking their chops of like, their chops. I'm just, I'm just waiting yeah. for that moment. And even if it's just a connection, I think the other thing is we tell people or people have this assumption that it's just, Ooh, they're going to go and grab them and just kidnap them. And we know that's not, that's exactly. actually less, right? That's like 1%. They will mm. take their time grooming because they yeah. know how much oh, money they yeah. are going to make. So that's mm. their first encounter meeting them at the mall. And then they yeah. exchange phone numbers or, you know, contact and they go from there and there and there. And that's it. They become that trusted source when the parents or guardians are no longer trusted. That person is the trusted and the loved one. And that's it. They're gone for a very, very long time. Um, You know, they they take them from state to state. They take them from uh, city to city. You know, they take because they don't want them in in one place too long. You know, but I wanted to say, so say you guys, it's a nice Saturday night. Okay. Everybody's sitting out their porch, whatever, having a cook out. Say you see people going, you know, you see people going in and out of the house, mm-hmm. one, one right after the other, okay? Just in and out. And it could be a drug house, absolutely. But my right. guess, usually drug trafficking, you're going to have some sex trafficking. So you're watching that and you're like, oh my God, you know, that house has had 20 people in there in the last two hours. And right. most of them are girls. Mm-hmm. That's a thing to think about. You know, that's a call to law enforcement and say, hey, this is what I'm noticing I happen to be up at three o'clock in the morning and they're still doing it. Right. Law enforcement at that point will go, well, they'll have undercover, but they'll actually go sit on that house and mm-hmm. they'll tape, they'll tape the phones. They'll tap the phones and they'll listen to the conversation mm-hmm. and they'll take their time and then they will bust that house. Right. Um, you know, so it, it, any, anybody can do so much and, you know, and all I think we're asking Antoinette is like, if you see something, say something and trust your gut. We're moms, right? Right. Most moms, you know, we trust our gut. We have that. In, we have an intuition. We have the sixth sense. However, you want to put it, trust your gut. Yeah, and don't feel like, oh my god, I'm gonna look like an idiot. No, yeah. you're not. Right. No, don't think that. Please. Well, you know, when you say that, I I think of all these like viral, you know, uh, these videos that have gone viral where 
it's always a woman and they write the the term Karen, right? She's the Karen that is like, hey, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. This is a public health issue. This is a public health issue. So if you're in somebody's business like that, right? Like clearly you have no qualm being in somebody's business and on them putting on a mask. And I mean, the last one I watched, it was uh, a person telling another individual put their mask on while they're in their own car. And she walked up to them. Right. And I'm like, okay, so if you're in somebody's business like that, and if you care that much about public health, then why aren't we doing that for our human trafficking victims? Right. Because we know that's a public health issue. And Mm -hmm. that one, again, that's somebody's life as well. Mm -hmm. And I rather, like you said, I rather be wrong because it's happened to me where I didn't say something. Yes, I was living in another country. I didn't know who to call. I didn't know what I didn't even know how to articulate what I saw um, at the time. But that haunts me. And that has got me into this, you know, and obviously helped me get into into this fight. But if I knew what to do, and if I and when I tried to say something, they cared more about my safety than what was going on over there. So mm-hmm. that haunted me for a really long time. Obviously I've, I've made peace with it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make me feel good. Um, and so now it's like with all of this education, right. With all of our smartphones, cause back then there were no smartphones. So um, you can get information anywhere. You can take a photo, you could do all these things and you know where to report it. I don't want that to happen to anybody else where they're like, man, I felt something. I didn't know what to do because it will haunt you. And we know it'll haunt you. Um, you That mm -hmm. little thing pushed you to the point where it was like, you know what? I'm never going to do that again. Right. And I'm going to get really acclimate. I'm going to get really used to, you know, to um, sex trafficking, get acclimated to what you need to know. And I'm going to make a difference. So you have, you, you took that and, you know, like you said, you made peace with it. But now you're taking the bull by the horns. Mm, mm, you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm sick of this stuff. Yeah. You know, we are going to get, you know, we're going to work together and come up with some kind of game plan, you know, and, um, you know, and as you and I talked, you know, what I'm trying to work on now, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's just the coming of the community. And once, you know, on the next one, once we talk about how to recognize a sex trafficking victim, mm-hmm. and if you're a nurse, what questions to ask, Yeah. um, you know, that's going to be really important, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from tattoos to are you allowed to come and go as you please? Right. You know, are, do you have a cell phone? Do you have ID? There are some girls out there that have two or three forms of ID. That's right. Hello. Mm-hmm. Or two phones, sometimes no phones, sometimes two phones, you know, but um, may have condoms in, the per- in their purse, may not. So there's little things that you can do to look for. And if your victim is sitting there and also she she dumps out her purse and there's condoms, She's trying to show you something. Right. She's trying to tell yeah. you something. Read her face, mm-hmm. read her eyes, and don't just walk away. Like you said, ask them, what's wrong? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Right. And pull up that chair. Don't stand over them. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a cool thing to do. <laughs> well, you know, that's actually a great teaser for, you know, for our next, um, our next episode, because that's exactly what people I think need to know. And, and to be honest with you, when we bring Mary back, it isn't specifically just for nurses, right? I mean, you could be a phlebotomist. You can be, um, like we okay. mentioned, anywhere where someone is getting registered for something and you're the registrar, um, you know, and you, you do admin work but you see something and that intuition kicks in. So there's just so many 
areas where all of us, no matter if you're a blue collar worker, white collar worker, stay at home mom, um, it, it's literally for all of us. And we want to equip you, all of you with as much information as possible where you're able to take action. Um, and I think one of the things uh, just between our conversation with Mary and I, the call to action that I wanted to give everybody um, is really like, look into your, your task force in your own city. Um, really see what are they doing? What is going on? What help you may actually be able to, to partake in. They may need like some technology and you fundraise to get that technology that helps them, right? Link all of these, uh, pimps and these traffickers a lot lot better. Um, some of them lack a lot of resource. Ohio has a great um, task force. Uh, Tarrant County here in Texas, up in the Fort Worth area, they got a great task force as well. Like they're all in sync. They talk to one another. They like eliminate silos. Like it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So see in your area, right? Like what are those task force? Um, and I think I can't like Mary just Again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And I'm so excited about the next episodes that we'll uh, bring you on because I do want you to talk about um, some international, uh, you know, operations, rescue operations that is going on in your in your brain of yours and in your heart. Um, because same thing with you when it's there, you're like, now we got to take action and make this happen. And mm -hmm. I know that these international uh, rescue operations are, are going to happen. Um, whether we got to do it with blood, sweat and tears like we normally do, but it, uh, we're going to do it, my friend. We definitely are. Oh yeah. And you know, <laughs> and there's just so many countries, like you said, so many third world countries out there. It's just, it's just getting that, that, that international task force together yeah. and allowing people like us to be on the task force because, sure. you know, it, it, the work that we can do is, is phenomenal. And you know what? And the thing is it works here. So yeah. I know mm -hmm. we can make it work in a, in, a, in another country. And, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate you as usual. You. And um, we look forward to having you on very, very soon. Um, because we've been dying for this conversation to happen. And so we're just, there's so much where we can run off and talk about other things. So, uh, so I got them all. And I made my little list so that <laughs> we great. can make sure that that happens on the next go around. <laughs> it's, it's easy to get off topic and talk about other things, but you know what it's, but it's a good thing because Absolutely. you know what? It's like sitting here, I'm drinking my coffee, you're drinking your water. And it's just like just sitting down around the table, just talking. That's right. And I think that makes more of an impact than, you know, giving stats. Right. So. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yes. So true. <laughs> so true. Well, we look forward to, to bringing you back and uh, you and I will, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk uh, later next week. Sounds yep. good. Thanks Thank so you much, so Ryan. much. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.